0: Make it a good one.
1: I'm Don Hall, and this is the Peculiar Journeys Podcast. Welcome to the Podcast and Merry Christmas. Now if you know me you know that my favorite holiday is Christmas. I mean one of the one of several reasons is that I spend Christmas with my family, I live in Chicago. They all live in Kansas. With the added, the addition of Dana to the mix, and Christmas in Kansas is likely the one time of the year I look most forward to. Dana seems to love Christmases as much as I do—eggnog and lights and Santa hats. My mom buys the entire family family matching pajamas. It's just, you know I I remember a lot of Christmases, and all of those memories are kind of golden. I've spent almost every Christmas out of 51 with my mom and my sister, Vicky in Kansas, in Arizona, in California, in Arkansas, with two ex-wives solo and with Dana. The consistent element, except for one year when my second ex-wife insp- insisted we spend Christmas with her family in North Carolina, of uh, almost every single Christmas has been mom, myself, and Vicky. Now, the holiday has changed in that time, but there are still traditions. Late night church service for mom. We open our presents on Christmas Eve, and instead of a dinner, we graze all day and night on the 24th, watch Christmas movies, go to church, come home, change into our mom-approved matching PJs. And since, I think, about 1998 or so, I read O. Henry's The Gift of the Magi. Then we go to bed. Mom sets up the Santa Claus prizes and fills up the stockings with stuff and the big prizes under the tree, although I'm her elf helper these days. Christmas morning is a huge breakfast and more stuff. Eventually, Mom and I go down to go to town, and we see between two to four movies in the theater. Sometimes my dad and wife join us for one, but Mom and I burn our eyes completely out on eight hours of film and popcorn almost every Christmas. So, for today's episode, A Very Volbrecht Christmas, this is about my dad. Now, my dad, while recording stories for me, has two that I really love, and I really want to share them with you on today's uh, podcast. Now, V is my stepfather in the technical sense, but my father in every other sense. I um, mean... He- He did have, and as I have, and you have, and everyone has after a few decades of life, he had a totally different life before he met my mom. In the
0: fourth year of my first marriage, things were going along pretty good. We were able to make a little more money, had one small baby, had been able to put together a down payment. Assumed a mortgage on a house, and it was a small house uh, in an older neighborhood, but at least it was a start. Living room was only about 10 by 12, and it was tastefully decorated with used furniture that I had purchased through a secondhand store. A couple of pieces I rescued from the dump and tastefully placed around the living room to where at least it looked presentable. Christmas was coming and we hadn't really had much of a Christmas tree the first two years. The third year we had a very, very modest tree with one string of lights and a few ornaments and it sat in front of the picture window in the living room because I was doing better making more money I decided my family's going to have a nice tree this year but I've been working a lot and time had gotten away from me and it was about the 20th of December and I hadn't gotten a tree yet my wife was all over my case about getting a Christmas tree so I went out that afternoon and bought a Christmas tree some additional lights a few ornaments went home in the garage and made a wooden Christmas tree stand and nailed it and affixed it real nice to that stand where it'd stand up straight went in the house and I said hold the door for me on the front while I come through the front with this Christmas tree don't want to tear it up so she did, set it down in the middle of the living room I said now where do you want the Christmas tree well maybe in front of the picture window so I went to moving furniture all around that room to get that tree right in the middle of the picture window she come back into the room she says well it's too big for the picture window and that's where the tree was last year put it on the other wall so I moved all the furniture the big stereo cabinet A heavy old clunky sofa, rocking chair, two end tables, coffee table, several lamps, a throw rug. Moved it all around to get it on the other wall. Replaced the furniture. She says, well, I don't like it over there. Maybe on the other wall closer to the dining room, which was really not a wall. It was just a separated space between the living and dining area. So once again, I moved all the clunky furniture, stereo, the TV, the end tables, the coffee table, the lamps, the area rug. Got everything positioned with a Christmas tree between the living and dining room. She said, well, that looks like crap. I said, well, that's where you wanted it. Well, put it on the other wall. Well, good. We only got one more wall left. So I moved everything once again, the clunky old couch, chair, coffee table, two end tables, lamp, stereo, TV, area rug, got everything positioned on it. she come out of the kitchen. She says, well, that doesn't work right there because it's in the way of the closet door. I said with exasperation, I said, make up your damn mind where you want this tree. I'm tired of moving furniture. She spun on one heel and she said, you can nail it to the ceiling for all I care. That did it. I went out in the garage, got two 16-penny nails and my hammer, step ladder, turned it upside down, and nailed it to the ceiling. Put the ornaments on it, put the lights on it, plugged it in. It all lit up. It was all good. She didn't say a word when she came back in the living room. By that time my folks showed up, my mother come through the door and said, Oh! What did you do? I said, I put up a Christmas tree. My dad said, must be a good story behind this one. You can see it from every place in the room.
1: I'm always a little bit befuddled by the reality that we humans tend to be completely selfish and self-involved for 11 months out of the year and miraculously in December, whether we're celebrating the story of a virgin birth in a desert of a child of so many just decided it was the Son of God or not, we find some sort of altruism. Religious or not, Christmas gives us a sense that we're not the center of the universe and that we're responsible for one another in some way. Now, sometimes... Like my mom and the Marion County Food Bank, it's a true exchange of labor and love. It is for the benefit of all. Other times, things can get a little weird. Be advised, the following story was recorded in the car while driving to town, so the quality's a little bit off. I assure you, though, the story itself is completely worth it.
0: I work for we were the real estate company to the carriage trade. We only handled the finest most expensive sophisticated buyers and properties in town. And so we were known as the premier company. And her husband owned a gas station. Well, it was more than just a gas station, it was about the only full-service station left and had been since the 50s. And not only was a full-service well, gas station, but it had one of the best mechanic shops attached to the gas station. And it was in an area of town originally that was on the fringe, but the upper income housing closed in on it and he was smart enough not to let it go and he was still selling full service gas in the middle of the 90's when all other full service gas stations had disappeared so he had kind of a pristine uh, gas station business, she had a pristine real estate business and I think at times (coughs) she felt kind of guilty making as much money as she did, and they lived in probably the most expensive golf course community in town, and had about the biggest house out there. So every year, through one organization or another, we would adopt a family for Christmas. And they'd give you a list of how many people was in the family, and the ages of the kids, and this, that, and the other. And you were supposed to shop and presents and provisions for the family. And she would always go overboard. She'd not only get at least one present for every member of the family, but she'd get two or three. In addition to that, uh, she'd have a whole pickup load. I mean, almost cab high of just groceries. So, being that I was the only man that worked in that firm and her husband run the gas station, they had filled up this truck with food and wrapped presents and it was in their garage out at the, out at the country club. She'd come in and she said, what are you doing this afternoon? And I said, Well, uh, you know, it's two days before Christmas. Real estate business is not that busy. At least I wasn't. And she said, Well, I need you to help my husband deliver our family Christmas. Would you mind? Because everybody that worked for him at the gas station was taken off. I said, ah. I don't mind. Well, it's blowing snow and just colder than shit. And so I go out with him. We get in a truck. We're driving up into the neighborhoods where these people live. And the streets are not numbered. And the addresses are not real plain. A lot of the houses, well, it's just hard to know where the numbers are, if they got numbers on the houses, even though they're supposed to have. And so we're riding along, the windshield's icing up and it's cold and dark, about 6.37 o'clock at night. And finally I said, well, what's the address we need? He said, well, he says it's on Volusia Street. And I said, oh, okay. And he turns the corner, and I see the street sign says Volusia. And I said, okay, what's the house number? He says, 2457. And I said, 57's an odd number. I said, it'll be on your side. Okay. So we're going along there, and there's 51, 53, 55. Next one's 57. You know that because they're every two in odd numbers. It's on this side of the road. So there's two cars in the driveway, which we think is a driveway. Can't tell for the snow and this, that, and he's trying to get in. Anyway, so he says, well, we'll just back up across the yard. So he wheeled that truck around and backed up across the yard, right up to the front door. He step off the tailgate and step into the living room. And I knocked on the door, and this guy answers the door, and I said, "Well, we brought you Christmas." And he stepped back. And Gary and I started unloading presents and food and more presents and more food and canned goods and everything it took to make a Christmas dinner for 20 people, probably, including a smoked turkey, two smoked chickens and a ham and all these presents and there's a half a dozen people maybe or so in this house, maybe more, I don't know We finally it's just, like I said, just bitter cold and we're unloading all this into their kitchen and their living room and on their sofa and in the middle of the floor this whole truckload of shit Merry Christmas shut the door Went out and got in the truck. Drove up to the corner. I looked at the street sign and it said Estelle. I said, Gary, what was the address we were supposed to go to? Well, it's right there on that piece of paper. 2457. I said, what was the street we were supposed to go to? he opened it up and it says, Volusia I said well <laughs> we was on Estelle he says that can't be right and I said you go up there and go around the corner and you'll see the sign says Estelle we sat there and looked at each other for a few minutes and I said well you know what we need to do is we need to go by, we need to go by the such and such club and have a drink and go home, and forget about it. Because those folks got a real, real nice Christmas. Oh God, he said, no, he said, Donna finds out, she'll skin us both. And I said, well, then I said, we need to go to Walmart. And I said, I got $500 in my pocket, and I know you got credit cards. And he just come from the gas station. I said, what well, is just load your truck up again. Now the stuff won't be wrapped, but then we'll go back up here. He said, no, nah, I don't want to do that. And I said, well, you got a third option? He says, yeah. And he whips around the corner, and backs up in the yard, and he says, you knock on the door. And I said, well, what am I going to do after I knock on the door? He said, tell them folks we got the wrong house and load her back up, and we did. And we got it all back in the truck except one big ass ham. And they was eating that, it like dogs. All of them was gathered around that ham, eating that ham. They hadn't opened the turkey and the chicken yet, but they ate that ham. We loaded it back up, went around the block, knocked on another door and unloaded it again, sat there and he said, now we'll go have a drink.
1: recently at a friend's birthday I asked him what he'd learned in 35 years and he you know he thought about the question and had a few things that came to mind and then he asked me the same question but I have 51 years under my belt I ask myself this question every birthday so the most recent and present in my mind was that for most people each of us is completely unimportant it feels with social media that we're valued but most people couldn't care less about our individual existences the key I believe is to locate those people in the world whom you value. And if those people tend to find you to value, be valuable to be important to them as well. Well, then you've found family on Christmas. This sense of being with people you deem essential, who also feel that you are essential is key. Maybe, you know, maybe the fuel that propels us for those other 11 months is this sense of community. 2017 has been rough for so many in the world. I hope if you're listening, you are surrounded by family, either by blood or by choice, and that you are being recharged for the coming year. It's going to be a big one. Merry Christmas, and I'll be back on January 8th with more stories. If you dig, please subscribe. If you subscribe, please review. Peculiar Journeys is a bi-weekly storytelling podcast produced, voiced, and edited by myself in my apartment above a bar in Wicker Park. You can subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, or catch it on SoundCloud.